Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, a show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Welcome back to Mission Driven with AC Cristales. I'm recording this on Wednesday, April 29th, and I just want to thank you all for joining me on this episode that looks at what stood out, some wisdom, and lessons from the third episode of The Last Dance. Let's go ahead and dive into this third episode. But quickly, I just want to say that this documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls is certainly living up to the hype. You have people wearing Bulls gear like they've won a championship lately, yet it's been 22 years since the Bulls last held the Larry O'Brien NBA Championship trophy. So what stood out from this episode? Two words, Dennis Rodman, Rodzilla, the worm as he was known. This episode showed people who may not be familiar with the Bulls just how valuable Rodman was to the team. He was exactly what the Bulls needed. Both Jordan and Pippen, the two leaders of the team, admitted that. See, Rodman did the dirty work. He rebounded, he played great defense, and he agitated the mess out of his opponents. So I'm good when Rodman opened up this episode talking about how he doesn't think the Bulls win the championship without him. Now, is there some truth to that? Maybe there is. And as much as I love Michael Jordan and believe that he would have willed his team to win, I think at the point of MJ's career in 1998, Jordan knew he couldn't do it all by himself. He needed teammates like Pippen, Rodman, Steve Kerr, and Tony Kukoc. See, championships are a team effort. And Jordan, although he was an alpha, and no doubt he made players better with his expectations, his example, and his toughness, he knows championships are never won alone. And so that's why Rodman, right? Rodman was needed on this Bulls team because the guy went full speed. Yeah, he was wild and crazy, but when it was time to go to work, Rodman went to work. I love what he said too, that he'd play the game of basketball for free. In fact, he said, man, you play this game because you love it. It's the other stuff that you get paid for. The public pressure, the media pressure, the BS that comes with being an NBA player. But Rodman, Rodman gave Bulls that edge because again, not only was he this disruptive force, Rodman was one of the best rebounders ever in the game of basketball. And to think, he wasn't even the tallest. He was 6'7". He wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the most muscular player out there. But the guy knew how to rebound, and he was smart. According to Jordan, Rodman was one of the smartest players he had ever known, which is why Michael needed him. And one of the best scenes that I liked from this episode was when Jordan talked about how Scotty not playing required Rodman to be the number two. It required Rodman to be more accountable, but there was a game when Rodman got kicked out and that left Jordan by himself. But what I love about the story that Jordan tells in this episode is how Rodman came to apologize to Jordan in his own way. He never said he was sorry, but he did something he never did and he went to Jordan's room and he asked Jordan for a cigar and that was Rodman's way of apologizing and telling Jordan, look man, I messed up. Now again, it wasn't with any words, you know, he was just asking for a cigar, but he was apologizing because he knew, man, I, I got to be there for Jordan. I got to be the number two. So I love hearing that story and other things about Rodman as well. You know, during the second three-peat, Rodman was one of my favorite Bulls. I even had his Chicago Bulls black jersey, number 91, baby. I joked with a friend of mine how I was going to get that Rodman jersey out, but how it was probably not going to fit. You know, hey, that was 1998, baby. That jersey's probably a little bit too tight now. Now, the second thing that stood out to me the Detroit Pistons, and how I still hate the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys, and Bill Lambeer. Man, obviously, I don't know the guy, but yeah, Bill Lambeer still gets no love for me. 
And apparently he's been out there talking about how LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. And you know what? That's all he has to say for me to say, dude, gets no love from me. None of the former Pistons do, except, except Rodman, of course, because he later on, right, came to play for the Bulls. But had Rodman never played for the Bulls, there was no way I would have bought his jersey. Not even when he was a San Antonio Spur. See, it's something about that red and black, that bull, baby, that makes all the difference. Another thing that stood out was how the NBA game has changed. It's not physical the way it was in the 1980s and 90s. Tough, hard-nosed basketball has gone by the wayside. And I'm not saying I want the game to be full of fights like if it was a hockey game. I just can't get down with the flopping nowadays and everybody just wanting to shoot threes. I mean, players rarely take it to the paint. And man, taking it to the paint, jumping with my five-inch vertical and sticking out my tongue like I was Jordan is what I did on the playground as a teenager. And for my non-sports fans, taking it to the paint means when basketball players dribble as close to the rim as possible to try and score points. But it's rarely like that anymore. And that's a reason why the game doesn't excite me like it used to. But that's just me, though. The NBA has changed. And depending on what your stance is, Maybe it's for the better, maybe it's not. Now, the fourth thing that stood out to me was another reason why Jordan is the greatest. When Doug Collins listed his accolades from the three years that he coached him, 1996 to 1989, Doug Collins said that Jordan was this. Jordan was the most valuable player of the league. Jordan was the most valuable player of the All-Star game. Jordan won the slam dunk competition and Jordan was the defensive player of the year. So to quote Doug Collins, that's greatness right there. For Jordan to be able to come into the league and to accomplish these great things at 24, 25 years old shows his greatness. But what's even more incredible is that Jordan was not even close to being done. He wasn't finished. There was more that he wanted to accomplish. And as I think about that, I think about this quote from Richard Branson that goes like this. There's an inherent danger in letting people think that they have perfected something. When they believe they've nailed it, most people tend to sit back and rest on their laurels, while countless others will be laboring furiously to better their work. There are pitfalls to getting comfortable, and Jordan could have gotten comfortable, but he did it because he knew there were more things to achieve. And when there are more things to achieve, that just means there's more work to do. If there is something that you want to achieve that you want to improve on, you won't do it living off of yesterday's victories. Today's a new day. Today's the day you can go out and better yourself. Today's the day that you can go out and improve your game and sharpen your skills. There's no doubt Jordan knew that. And so that's why it was fitting that the NBA, no doubt, had a new king in town. Prince Bulls documentary, man, I'm telling you, soundtrack's been dope. Now, the last thing that stood out to me was how Scottie Pippen softened his stance and decided he would, in fact, play for the Bulls, especially after saying in the previous episode that he would have never played for them again. Now, the episode doesn't really go into detail as to why Scottie came back, except the fact that he said he knew Bulls management was never going to trade him, so he might as well play. So there it was, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, the three amigos, as Rodman called them, were back. But little did we know that the three amigos being back meant that Rodman was due for some R&R in Vegas, baby. Vegas. Now, let's get into some wisdom and nuggets from episode three. Number one, 
Where you end up in life is determined by the paths you take in life. I love Rodman's acknowledgement. He knew he could have been a bum. He knew he could have been in jail. He knew he could have been dead. But he worked his butt off to get to the NBA. There was a point in the episode where Rodman talked about seeing drug dealing in his neighborhood on a daily basis. Yet he never took to the drug game. He took to basketball and focused on that. And he could have chosen drug dealing, but he didn't. And the wisdom that I gather in that is that we choose the paths that we walk down in life. There's always going to be option A, option B. There's always going to be choices for us to make. So it's going to take us to analyze which option, which choice in the long run is going to benefit us the most. Now, that's not an easy thing to do, even as an adult and as a teenager or college kid. I'm sure it's even more difficult. I can remember being a teenager and college kid. And it is difficult because you don't really think so much about how your decisions are going to impact your future because youth is fleeting, which means, man, we know this life doesn't last long. So our initial thought is you just have to live it up, baby. Right. YOLO. You only live once. And I understand that this is the only life we ever get. But it's at the point when you understand that your life has a purpose and that there is a mission for you to accomplish that you start living life differently. You start making choices and decisions that impact not only your life, but the life of those around you. So remember, the paths that you take are determined by your choices. So choose wisely because where you end up is a direct result of your choices. Now, the next piece of wisdom, you don't put a saddle on a Mustang. Mustangs are known to be free roaming horses. They're wild. You just have to let them roam. And Rodman was described as a Mustang in this episode. And one of the things that the coaches who were able to get success out of Rodman realized was that you have to let him be who he is. So don't try to push him to be someone or something he's not. See, freedom is being able to be yourself without the permission from anybody else. Rodman had to be Rodman. And if he wasn't, he wouldn't have been the basketball player that he was. I have to be who I am. I can't lead like others feel I should lead. I can't teach in the manner that works for other people. I can't speak in the way that functions for that person or this person. I have to do what works for me and you have to do what works for you. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't take heed to wisdom and advice and that you don't find ways to improve your skills. No, you do those things. But when it's time for you to do what you've prepared and trained for, the best way to do it is being authentically you. You have to be true to you. The third nugget of wisdom. Know that your energy is contagious. You're either encouraging someone or discouraging someone. So all my leaders, bosses, managers, principals, teachers, parents, your energy, depending on what kind it is, will either uplift and motivate people who follow you or will hinder and set them back. Doug Collins comes in the 1986-87 season to coach the Bulls with an energy that formed the bond and connection with the players and with Michael Jordan. So strong was this connection that Michael Jordan would not let Doug Collins lose his first game as an NBA head coach. Do you hear how the energy that you as a leader brings can inspire your people to work hard, can inspire them to go through brick walls for you? It's because your energy is contagious. And when your people see you working hard, most of the time, that type of work ethic will be picked up by them. I was talking to a friend of mine this past week. And I was telling them that a reason that I work hard is because I saw my mom work hard. Yeah, she told me, mijo, you have to work hard for what you want in life. But better than that, she showed me. This is what hard work looks like. Your husband leaves you to raise two boys on your own. Okay, that's not ideal. 
but she did whatever work was necessary to make sure her boys were provided for. And if that meant making and selling tamales, done, I'll do that. If that meant baking and selling cakes, done, I'll do that. If that meant working 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. at a full-time job and then going to clean office buildings after school with my two boys, done, I'll do that. My mom did whatever she had to do to make sure her two boys didn't lack for anything. That was energy and it was contagious. And that's a reason why I grind the way that I do. A reason why I'm always going for more because I know my mom, without a high school education, without a college education, did what she had to do to provide for her family. So there's no excuse for me. And because I also know that I have the eyes of a beautiful 11 year old looking up to me. And I want her to see, not just here, that her dad works hard for whatever it is that he's going after. Another nugget of wisdom from this episode is this. Once you have great confidence, great things are bound to happen. Probably one of my favorite scenes in this episode is when they talked about how the beat writers, the journalists from Chicago, let me say that again, Chicago, not Cleveland sport writers, not Detroit, not Boston, but Chicago sports writers doubted that the Bulls could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so here it is. Let me just lay it out. 1989 playoffs, right? They're picking the Cavaliers to beat the Bulls. But the power of confidence. And I love what Jordan told those reporters as he was about to play game five against the Cavs. I took care of you who said the Cavaliers would sweep us three games to zero. I took care of you who said the Cavaliers would beat us in four games. Now, Sam Smith, who said the Cavs would beat us in five games, I'm going to take care of you tonight. Man, that's confidence. And confidence will take you places. I love this quote from Lincoln Hawkins that expounds on what confidence can do. It goes like this. If you fight hard, know who you are, and are proud of who you are, you've got a good chance of winning. Now, the last nugget that I got from this episode was, what you survive and go through is what builds your legacy. The Jordan Rules, a specific order mandate from the Detroit coaches to physically hurt Michael Jordan when he was trying to score points. And they physically hurt him and they took him down, but they couldn't keep him down. Jordan survived that and came out a better player because of the Jordan rules. Jordan, he didn't have a perfect winning record in the playoffs. He lost playoff series, but he wasn't going to stay a loser. And this is what I got from watching this section in the documentary that you will go through things that will hurt you physically, mentally, and emotionally, but how you react to those things determines how you're remembered. And how you're remembered is what creates your legacy. Did you survive the tough times of life or did you crumble? Did you give up when things got too tough or did you get tougher and keep fighting? Did you allow that betrayal and heartbreak to scar you for life? Or did you learn forgiveness, healing, and that all a scar does is prove that you were stronger than whatever or whoever tried to hurt you. What you survive and go through is what builds your legacy. Now, let's get into the lessons. And again, for this episode, I have five. Number one, a great ability is dependability. In this episode of the documentary, Jordan didn't have Pippen with him for a period of time. So he needed someone he could depend on. And that someone that he needed was Rodman. But Rodman had to prove that he was dependable. Because great ability is dependability. Being consistent, trustworthy, reliable. If you say you're going to do something, then you do it. So, are you dependable? Can people count on you to do what is required from you? Can they trust that you'll do the job and do it well? Can your partner or spouse rely on you to honor your commitments? 
that's dependability. Doing what I said I was going to do, even if it means sacrifice, even if it means putting things I want to do on hold because I told you I'm going to be there for you. And I want you to know that you can continue to depend on me. Lesson number two, it's the little things that make a team great. I talked at the beginning of this episode how the Bulls needed Rodman. Yeah, they had Michael. Yeah, they had Pippen. Yeah, they had Phil Jackson. But Rodman was also an important part of the team because of the things that may not have been always highlighted in ESPN clips. The things that may not have brought fans and people to the arena, but things that were necessary to make the Bulls a great team. They couldn't just have shooters. They needed a rebounder. They couldn't just be about offense. They needed someone who was a dog on defense. In every organization, in every group, in every relationship, it's the little things that make the biggest difference. And as John Wooden, another famous coach, once said, it's the little things that are vital. Little things make big things happen. Lesson number three, you practice and you get better. It's that simple. I love when Rodman described how he knew where the shots of the great players like Bird and Magic and Jordan would go. That the ball would go here, the ball would go there, and if Jordan shot from this side, I would stand on this side. Rodman was smart, but he was smart because he practiced. In this episode, they also mentioned how after games, Rodman would sometimes go practice till 3 o'clock in the morning, and he would practice on rebounding. Let me say that again, rebounding. Not three-point shots, not dunking, not free throws, rebounding. Rodman knew what his strengths were, but more than that, he knew that when you practice, that's the time you get better. See, you can't expect to go out into the game and be an outstanding player if you don't put in the work. If you don't practice, and yeah, I'm talking about practice, your skills don't improve. I've always loved this Bruce Lee quote. I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. It's not about jumping from one thing to another thing to another thing. It's about knowing that this is the area. This is the skill that I want to improve on, and I will put in the hours until I become an expert at this one thing. What area in your life are you trying to improve on? How are you trying to get better? Don't tell me you want to be a football player when you don't put in the hours in practice. Don't tell me you want to be a better leader when you don't devote time to read books on leadership or attend workshops that can impact your growth. Growth is intentional. So if you want to get better, practice. Do that drill again, read that book again, write again, sing again, rehearse again, record again, run again, try again, practice. That's the thing that makes you great. Lesson number four, don't worry about who writes you off. Some people will never see the greatness in you. Some people will always doubt the things that you're able to do. Some people will only remember you from who you were in the past. And so they'll only point out your past mistakes, your past failures, And therefore, we'll always be blinded to who you are now and to who you can be. Some people will simply always write you off. They'll say you're too damaged. You're lost. You can't win. But my advice is this. Don't worry about who writes you off. Focus on you and what you can't control. You can't control others' opinions and feelings, but you can always control what you focus on. So focus on your attitude, your effort, your behavior, your actions and your thoughts. Easier said than done at times, but beautiful things begin to happen the moment you stop worrying about who doesn't believe in you, about who's not giving you a chance, about who's doubting you. You can't grow living and focusing on negativity. Jordan was written off. Oh yeah, he's just a scorer. He hasn't won like Magic or Bird. And I'm sure as competitive as MJ is, he remembered 
those things that people said. But I don't believe that he focused on that. Yeah, I believe that he used it as fuel and motivation. But at the end of the day, he put in the work and focused on becoming the best he could be. So that meant that he focused on his work and not so much on what people said he couldn't do. People wrote Rodman off too. He's too weird, too much of a distraction. But the beautiful part of Rodman's story in this episode was when Phil Jackson accepted him as who he is and saw him as more than just a basketball player. He don't look at me as a basketball player. He look at me as, as a great friend. He realized that I probably need him for inspiration. He wants to see me persevere. Yeah, people will write you off, but I believe life is balance in the sense that, yeah, you're going to have people who doubt you, but you're also going to have people who believe in you. Yeah, you're going to have people who hate you, but you'll also have people who love you. Balance. And if life is balanced in this manner, then the deciding factor of what impacts your life the most lies in what part of that equation you choose to focus on, the good or the bad, the people on your side or the people against you, the people cheering for you or the people wishing for your downfall. You determine what to focus on and you determine what kind of attitude to have throughout all of it, which leads to my last lesson. Your attitude determines your altitude. The mentality of the Bulls had to change to get to the next level. They weren't comfortable with losing, which meant adjustments, changes, and modifications had to be made. It's the honest answer to the question, what must I improve on or what needs to improve if I want to have different results? If you want to rise to another level, then your attitude can't be poor. It can't be negative all the time. It can't think that things won't improve. Of course, things won't improve if you keep telling yourself that. A poor attitude blocks out the good things in life, the blessings, the love, the meaningful relationships. And it also blocks out the ability to accomplish the great things that you have set out to do. The Bulls would have never won and reached the heights that they reached with a poor attitude. They had to have an attitude that was hungry for more and one that was willing to change and sacrifice for the sake of the championships that they were pursuing. They had to have an attitude that said, we can make it happen. We can win the championship. We can beat the Pistons. We can beat whichever team is in our way of accomplishing our goal. We can do it. It's that type of attitude that lifted the Bulls to a higher altitude. And the same can be said for you. Your attitude determines your altitude, the level that you're able to get to. But if you're in a low spot right now, have you considered the role that your attitude has played and how you're feeling? I'm going to end with this story. There once was a woman who woke up one morning, looked in the mirror and noticed she had only three hairs on her head. Well, she said, I'll think I'll braid my hair today. So she did. And she had a wonderful day. The next day she woke up, looked in the mirror and saw that she had only two hairs on her head. Hmm, she said, I think I'll part my hair down the middle today. So she did. And she had a great day. The next day she woke up, looked in the mirror and noticed that she had only one hair on her head. Well, she said, today I'm going to wear my hair in a ponytail. So she did and she had a grand day. The next day she woke up, looked in the mirror and noticed that there wasn't a single hair on her head. Yeah, she exclaimed, I don't have to fix my hair today. Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. You can spend years of your life complaining about who wasn't there for you who didn't believe in you, who doesn't love you, or you can open up your eyes to the beautiful things and people in your life that you do have and that do love you and that do believe in you. Not only that, 
If you woke up this morning, you woke up to new opportunities to make this day the day you want to make it. The choice is yours. The choice will always be yours. Would you live up to your potential and accomplish the great things you want to accomplish, the great things that are destined for you? Or will you let opportunity slip away and live a life of regret? That wraps up another episode of Mission Driven with A.C. Cristalis. I hope that the wisdom and the lessons shared in this podcast spoke to you in some way or another. I hope that wherever you find yourself right now, you realize that number one, you're not alone. And number two, that your life truly has a purpose. Again, thank you for joining me on another episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to rate and review it as well. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to press that follow button. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm excited to come back later this week with more wisdom and lessons from The Last Dance. But until then, remember this, your mission is now, so remain mission driven. And as always, I wish you faith, hope, love.